0: So hi everyone and welcome to this week's edition of You Are My Borough after what's been an action-packed Easter break. We obviously had the double header of Burnley and Bristol City defeat to Burnley and then the draw, the um, battling from behind draw against Bristol City. And obviously we're straight back into it with Norwich at home on Friday night. We've also got some questions that we've had sent in that we'll chat through So first up, nice to see you Dom Have you had a good weekend?
1: Good week? I have, yeah, if you, that, that Burnley game feels like an eternity ago already It, isn't it? it does, doesn't it? Easter's a yeah. bit like that I think It feels like ages ago Yeah, yeah, but um, Yeah, the Bristol City comeback Yeah um, Obviously, we've been over at uh, we, we spoke to Michael Carrick on Wednesday, with it being a Friday night game, so we'll have yeah. a general chinwag about that. Uh, and then the visit to Norwich, which 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 feels like a, a big game for both teams, I think, doesn't it now? Mm. So so we talk,
0: you know, we we um we've obviously had the, the two Easter games. Uh I was at the Burner game, you were at the Bristol City game, um, one point from it, which obviously is not what would have been kind of wanted at the start, but My feeling at the end of it is actually, I mean, defeat to Burnley, yeah, Borough, you know, they never really looked like winning that game. But I think you have to caveat that with just how good Burnley are and have been all season. Um, And then, obviously, for half an hour or so at Bristol, I know a bit bit longer than that, to be fair, it it looked like it was going to be potentially a really bad Easter weekend. But then by the end of it, the fact that Borough got that point out of it, I I thought they kind of came out of it okay, really. What, What was your general feeling?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I don't really want to have a dip into the big bag of cliches. Less than two minutes into our uh, <laughs> our team, year, but but it, but it did feel like a win coming away from Bristol in yeah. some senses. In that, you know, the position Borough were in um, after fifty minutes, and, and and they didn't look like like they'd, like they'd get back into that game at that stage. They they hadn't had a shot on target in the first half. They'd obviously conceded two dreadful goals. Um, and yet they found a way back into it. And what most pleased Michael Carrick, um, which you might have read from his from his press conference this week, was the fact that they found a way back into it by playing the way they play. They didn't panic. Yeah. They didn't go route one. It was it was two goals from the training ground, really. Um, and I agree. The, the Burnley game, um, you know, I think you need a bit of perspective after that. It was only last week that I was reading... Discussions about whether this is the best championship team there's ever been. Um, they won the title there, so there's absolutely no disgrace there. Um, mm-hmm. The Huddersfield game we talked about, and then Bristol City. You know they haven't they haven't lost at home since Boxing Day. I think that's eight unbeaten now. They won at Stoke on Good Friday. Yeah. I, I think it's a solid point. Um, but but I think you could then do with following it up with a with a win against Norwich on win. on Friday night. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, it's it's a strange time of the season, I think, isn't it? Because I think we've all kind of accepted that while mathematically a, a top two finish is potentially still on, I think we all feel that in, in reality it's not. I think we also all feel that Borough are not going to drop out of the top six. It's going to need an absolute disaster for them to do that. So it feels a little bit like we're marking time now until we get into the playoffs. And that's a kind of dangerous situation to be in almost because... You know, yes, these games are important. Yes, they matter. We know they've got to build momentum, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, the, the brutal reality is they're not as important as the two games that are going to follow just around the corner against whoever they may be in that playoff semi-final. So, I think it's a, a bit of a strange time. So, I think Friday will be interesting because for all that we're seeing, it's a it's a big game for Borough. There's quite a lot on it. It's a much bigger game for Norwich. I mean, this is pretty much make or break for Norwich's season. So. It's massive for them. It'll be interesting to see how Borough shape up against that, given that the the reality is it's just not as big a game for Borough, is it? it
1: it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we had Stewie on a few weeks ago, he was talking about that. That feeling of if Borough don't make the top two, it shouldn't be a disappointment, and and yeah, and I think and I think there will be that going on behind the scenes now. Now that's not to say at all that Borough are given up on the top two, mm. but um, I know we keep talking about perspective, but but there is that, isn't there? And I, and I think Carrick will be keen to stress that really that yeah, our law maybe at one point. Catching the top two, looked the real possibility. Borough can still go into the to the playoffs as as a team to beat at the minute. Yeah. But regardless of who else gets in, you, you, you'd you'd see Borough and Luton are the two teams um, who who, who, who far, want to win sure. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we've had we've had we've had a few questions. Thanks to those who, who um, sent questions in. So we'll have a chinwag about these. Scott, the first one. Yeah. Um, from Simon, uh, he asked about the wisdom of having both Mowat and Barlaser on the bench rather than rather than Isaiah Jones on there, which we've talked about. Um, I mean, my thoughts are that, and, and Michael Carrick hasn't said anything like this, but he, he can't have seen the reaction that he wanted from Jones in training. Or surely he would have been in there in the squad, surely.
0: Yeah, I mean, there clearly is a line however it's happened that has been absolutely crossed here that michael carrick is decided that he's just not having isaiah jones in any way shape or form now jones's performances on the pitch haven't been brilliant this season but i would argue that they haven't been so disastrously bad that you would cut him adrift like this so that suggests very strongly to me that we're talking about a disciplinary thing here we're talking about attitude in training we're talking about and um, how much is he putting in? Is is he listening to Carrick? Is Carrick getting the reaction from him that he wants? And as you rightly say, the only the only conclusion you can draw that he, over the last month, he hasn't been that he hasn't been impressed with with what's happened since Jones was dropped from the squad. And hence, he's not back in it. So, listen, I can totally see where the sign of the question is coming from in that. If you're looking to throw someone on to change a game in the last 20 minutes or so, if things aren't quite working or you need a winner, then clearly Isaiah Jones would have far more in his attacking cupboard than Barlazer or Um, But the brutal reality is if Michael Carrick's not going to pick him, he's not going to pick him. And if you're the manager of a football club, you have to have, you have to be the man in charge and you have to be able to make those calls that if you think someone's not doing what you want them to do, you cut them adrift. You know, I think Carrick's earned the right to do that without a shadow of a doubt, hasn't he? So I think you've just got to go with his judgment here. For all that, I I do take the point that, you know, bringing Jones on with 20 minutes left is potentially a really good option. But it's only a good option if his head's right and and he's going to give you what you think he's going to give you. And and Michael Carrick's clearly concluded that he isn't.
1: And on a similar theme, we had a question about Rodrigo Muniz. And and you can't help but draw... A very similar conclusion. Yeah, there. and I
0: mean, even even further further at the back of the queue, isn't he? You know what I mean? I think I think Hell would probably have to freeze over before we'd see Rodrigo and Wendy's between now and the end of the season, because again, I just think that ship's completely sailed, and, and Michael Carrick's made his decision, and, and that's the way it's going to be. Um And uh, you know, it's it's early days, isn't it? But there are two pretty big calls that Michael Carrick's made very early in his tenure that. that suggests that, you know, he's going to be a manager who is prepared to make those decisions and stand by them. Um, because for all that Moon is, you know, hasn't hasn't had an awful lot of involvement really ever since the very early days of the season. He's still on an awful lot of money. I couldn't get rid of him in January. You know, you would imagine that while there's clearly not going to be direct pressure on Carrick, Carrick will know all of that. He'll know that in an ideal world, Borough would probably like, you know, Barrazo owners, etc., would probably like Muniz to be playing because they're investing a lot of money into him. Um, but Carrick's decided no, absolutely not. And, and you know, in, in some ways, you've got to applaud the fact that he's made that call and he's absolutely going to stand by it. For all that, as we've seen, you know, at their best, both Muniz and Jones, you would imagine, would offer something from the bench, but it's not going to happen, is it?
1: Uh, one, one, um, kind of call that, that. I probably didn't see coming when Carrick was appointed was Tommy Smith becoming such a regular uh, key part of yeah. his team. And that you know Chris Wilder was clear, wasn't he, when he signed Tommy Smith in the summer that um, he was signed as cover for Jones at the time, who was playing yeah. right wing back in the system. Um, now Smith, I think he started every league game. He's he's been a key man. We had one question as to kind of what's Dyke Steele got to do to get a game. Well. I think in response to that, and I know this comes off the back of Monday when Smith had a bad game, but other than one or two shaky games, Smith has been rock solid, hasn't he? And and, and I think he's been kind of an, an understated key cog in that you, you look at the way Borough line up, Or yes, it's a back four, but it, it it so often becomes a three when Giles kind of has the freedom to roam and then Smith tucks across as, as almost a third central defender. Um you know, you know, I, Dyke Steele was excellent, wasn't he, in stages under Warnock and, and Chris Wilder? Um, and, and you look at him and think he looks a good fit, but I, I don't think you can argue with the fact that Smith has, has been so solid. And, like I say, I know this comes off, off the back of a rough display on Monday. He, he, you know, Sam Bell had the beating of him. He was a, yeah. he was at fault or one of the players at fault for the second goal. But I do think it's worth saying that. I don't think he was afforded much protection by Marcus Force on that on that side on Monday either. Um, Borough are set out to attack, aren't they? And, and I think at yeah. times you do see that. They're a team that scores goals and, and probably pay the price a little bit at times for being so adventurous and, and so positive.
0: Yeah, I mean we've touched on this with with um, Smith before, and I completely agree with what you're saying. I think he is very important to the way that Borough attacked down the left hand side with Ryan Giles often playing effectively as a winger. That that Smith can tuck across and, and effectively make it three centre halves. I likened it to what Carl Walker has been doing for years, or at least when he was flavour at the month at Man City um there to kind of allow cancelo to play here there and everywhere and it's not quite the same but it's it's edging towards that so i think the first thing to say is i think that if you're playing two very attack-minded fullbacks in a team that's got force ramsey mcgree as attack-minded wingers as well that really does run you the danger of leaving you very very short at the back especially down the channels so i think i think that's definitely probably in michael carrick's thinking um, and then with Dyke Steel, I think, again, we you know we don't necessarily know the exact ins and outs of what's been going on. But it's broadly similar to what we were talking about in Jones and Muniz in that Michael Carrick's made a decision pretty early that, for whatever reason, he doesn't really see him playing a key part of his plans. And there's really no suggestion that that's going to change. Now, Mark Boller has been in and around it a little bit. He's been coming on for sub. He's, he's been pretty much there in the squad all the time you would feel that if Ryan Giles got injured tomorrow, Carrick would put Boller in there and be okay with it. If if Tommy Smith got injured tomorrow, it'd be interesting to see because I suspect Carrick will be shuffling players around and looking for plan B options rather than putting in either Dyke, Steele or Jones. I could be wrong, but that, that's the impression that I get.
1: Well, Johnny Housen did have a spell at right back at one yeah. point, didn't he? All right wing back, he's yeah. played Yeah, he's played I was saying this earlier this week, um, you know, I, I don't dispute that, that there, there is real depth in Borough's squad. You only have to look at the players we've talked about there—Jones and 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 Muniz that are missing out. But that there are only probably 14 or 15 players who who who've been kind of playing regularly the others the likes of bowler yeah they're on the bench but but i don't think they've started a league game under carrick i might be wrong there it feels like you know other than the 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 you know if we were to have a punt at a starting 11 for a playoff final i think you'd have a good crack at it the only real yeah. question mark really would be whether it'd be force or or ramsey i think um yeah. and then it's, it's either one of them potentially Crooks coming in, Fry or McNair, and McNair, the, McNair option bar, bit, yeah. the option of Bar-Lasso. Yeah. Other than that, it's pretty set, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, it and for re- the, the winning game, so why would you go changing it and thinking
0: Yeah, about and, it? And, and to a large extent, they've avoided injuries, haven't they? What we haven't had, really, is two or three of Carrick's nailed-on first team being out for months on an end, um, and, and that would then lead to some interesting questions about the squad and whether the players that we've said that, you know, to all intents and purposes have been bombed out really are personas non-grata or whether there would be a way back for them if, if circumstances dictated that. And, um, you know, let's hope it doesn't come to that. What we clearly don't want is for Michael Carrick all of a sudden to be going into a playoffs uh, game, semi-final or final, without two other p- three players he's been hanging his hat on all the way through. Um, but but as I say, he's been fairly fortunate in that hasn't happened yet. So he hasn't really had to make those calls and scratch below those, like you say, 14 or 15 that there are clearly his first choices.
1: Um Mac Crooks has scored some important goals, hasn't he? When you
0: yeah, I read yeah, I you your piece on that, that. That you know, um he's almost the Jordan Rhodes of this season, and I think you're right, you know, you look back to those. You know, that period when he was starting up front and he scored a couple of really crucial goals in that run. And then, like you say, he's at it again, isn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah. And 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 on Monday, um, he hadn't been great. You know, that, that's not a criticism of him. It was one of those games, really. He was feeding on scraps. Borough hadn't had a shot on target. It didn't look to be working. And then he gets a chance and, and clinically finishes it, doesn't he? Yeah, you can bit see bit. why. Uh, Carrick was saying afterwards, um, he probably doesn't give himself the credit he deserves for, for how good he is at finishing. That was the finish of a centre-forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and and he's it, and the one option that Borough really have that that does ask different questions of the opposition, you know, because if you're swapping a Ramsey for a McGree or a Force, then yeah, it's different players, clearly, but to a large extent, you're going to be playing the same way. If you take out uh, um, an Archer and put a Crooks in, then it's it's very different and it allows burrow to play different balls into the box do different things yes go a bit more direct but there's more to Crooks's game as a striker than that in fairness like you say his movements very good he can finish and um, clearly he can win balls in the air that the archer probably wouldn't so he, he's potentially going to be a really important asset slash option for the playoffs if you know if, if as looks likely that's what it's going to be because he is probably the one way that Borough can, can really change what they're doing in the course of a game.
1: And, and yeah, I suspect, despite that goal, that, that Archer will probably be back in on
0: Friday. I think Archer will start, start on Friday, yeah. I, I think Archer will start on Friday. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was McGree and Ramsey
1: as yeah, the two wide was-
0: players. Um, and then obviously you were there, but by the sounds of things, Dale Fry probably unlikely. So that that probably means McNair still alongside Lenahan at centre half, and that'll be the team, won't it? I would have thought,
1: yeah, you would think so, unless there's a curveball in there. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to judge with injuries, isn't he? So, so mm. we might be we might have been led astray by the by his answer on Fry, but um. He, he clearly wasn't fit enough to travel on Mondays. I think it'd be a surprise if he was in and back in and in the team. I, I think it would be a
0: surprise if he threw him in on on Friday night. yeah, I, I you know I would have thought at this stage of the season, given everything that we've talked about, you might as well give him that extra week rather than risk anything, might't you? because like I say as I, as I keep saying, yes, it's a big game, but there's almost certainly going to be too much bigger ones just around the corner.
1: A couple of news lines. Borough just announced that Saul Brin is one of five youngsters who, who, who they've chosen to extend uh, their exercise the option of a, of a year long, uh, of a year to the contract. Brin's obviously impressed at Swindon this season on loan. There was League One interest in January. And earlier this week, Michael Carrick was nominated for Manager of the Year, Chubarakpon Player of the Year, Hayden Hackney, Young Player of the Year. Yeah. Um, and Hackney kind of, you know, a remarkable transformation given that he wasn't in the in the picture at all at the start of the season but they're they're all richly deserved nominations aren't
0: they it would be some hat trick wouldn't it it really would be some hat trick um i mean they are massively uh, listen company's going to win manager of the year isn't he i don't think there's any doubt about that and for all that you know michael carrick's done an absolutely sensational job you know again we keep alluding to just the situation he inherited it's very, very hard to argue against company being manager of the year when Burnley are going to, well, I've, I've got promotion with seven games to go and, and you know, are almost certainly going to win the league. So um, that, you know, I think that's nailed on. I, I, I'd like to see Tuba win it because you I sure think, that, you know, the goals he scored, the story, where he's come from, um, he's you know, he's been absolutely fantastic. And, and you know, yes, other, you know, Gokker has scored a lot of goals. um Teller's been really, really good for Burnley, obviously. and um, the, the lads at the back have been good for Burnley. Sheffield United really do it as a team, don't they, rather than have an outstanding individual. So I think Tuba would probably be a you know a, a pretty short-price favourite to win that. Um, Hackney would be a great reward for what's been a remarkable breakthrough season for him, as we say. Another one that really none of us saw coming in the summer. I suspect Ahmad at Sunderland might might sneak that one, um, you know, probably more eye-catching and exciting than Hackney. Although, in terms of their importance and value to the team, you can definitely make the argument that Hackney Hackney should trump him.
1: Just on Hackney, Carrick was saying yesterday what he what he really likes is the fact you can never you can never see with him what's gone before if he makes a mistake. He'll get the ball two minutes later and look to go forward again. It's that okay. kind of resilience and steeliness that he said that he loves. Um and, and I know he was at fault for the second goal, or one of the players at fault for the second goal of Bristol City, but then recovered to play a part in the uh in the comeback. He's, be, he's and become absolutely
0: played. integral to the kind of weird uh, yeah. go through the lines in midfield, hasn't he? Which yeah, like yeah. you say, looking given anything,
1: forward you all the time, been... yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and where he was at, at the start of the season. And, and you know, you're forgetting there was very early days of the season, just after Tav had left, that the argument was, well, who in Borough looks to pass it forward? Who's actually oh. going to be the one that does what Tav did, that gets on the ball, looks forward and actually makes them into a progressive team? And it's Hackney who's done that to a large extent, isn't it?
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. And you know, Barlasa top top was a top target in January. Uh, he was a standout player for Rotherham, the standout player in League One last season. Well, I think he, he had, had most assists
0: in the Championship when he came to Borough. Yeah, he, he, had he did level the trials,
1: trials, yeah. didn't he? And, and you can you can understand why he hasn't really had a kick yet because yeah. Hackney hasn't hasn't allowed him. And yet, and we know the importance of Johnny Housen and and what he offers is quite unique, isn't it? Especially on on the pitch. Yeah. Um, tomorrow night, then, what do you reckon? Just to wrap up. Um,
0: I think it's an interesting one because, like I say, Norwich have to win this game. So that that makes them dangerous. But it also means that if Borough can get their noses in front, then I suspect Norwich will have to leave themselves wide open. And I that's how I can kind of see the game going, I think. I think that Norwich will come hell for leather. But if, if Borough can resist that kind of early surge and get in front, then I think the game will be wide open because... Norwich have to win it, so I think I think I can see Burr winning maybe three one with a couple of those goals coming in the last 20, 25 minutes when Norwich are throwing kind of caution at the wind and Burra pick them off on the break.
1: That's a that's a thorough prediction. I think that's, that's the most thorough prediction. prediction isn't it, we've isn't had. it just? Yeah. We need yeah.
0: one
1: to turn it up. We know it's going to Are you only saying 3-1 because that's the score you punt on every game you go to? To
0: be fair, you sat next to us. I do. It's my, um. yeah. I, I don't normally have much of a bet at the games that I'm at, but I always have 3-1 both ways. So, better to win 3-1 and better to lose 3-1. I've, I've oh, always done it ever since I started, really, in the job. And it comes up, yeah, it comes up more than you'd think, to be fair. So, yeah, 3-1. Three, 3-1. One, three, one.
1: Brilliant. I'll follow your lead, I think, then and uh-huh. of two home wins had set that lead. What do you what do you think? Um yeah, I think I think I think Borough will win. Um because I agree with you. I think Norwich will come and they'll have to have a go. And I think Borough will be positive. And I think it'll be a I, I know I've said this a lot, but again, another kind of big game atmosphere at the riverside, and and I think there'll be a reaction to to the comeback at Bristol City. And I think Borough will win maybe two 0 or two one. Um but I think it'll be a relatively comfortable one. Um yeah. Let's hope we're both right. And two wins had had perfectly set up that that trip to Luton, which we'll talk about next week when we'll be back with a couple of with a couple of pods. Yeah, we will. We
0: kind of missed one at Bank Holiday. Obviously, you were down south, we were here there and everywhere. So um so we've only done the one this week, but we'll be back to the two next week. We'll have a, a kind of wrap up of um of Norwich and a look ahead to the midweek game on Monday and then um and then obviously we'll uh We'll be looking ahead to Luton at the back end of next week. And um, and as I say, we've got some more guests lined up as well for the next two or three weeks. So, so um, stick with us for You Are My Borough. Enjoy um, what's left of the rest of your week. And obviously, enjoy Friday night. We'll be there. Hopefully, we'll be watching um, a Borough win. And we'll see you next week for another You Are My Borough.